reaction from producer number one. Just as we had at the start of our last episode, producer number two is clonked. Fell asleep on the walk over here. Now, if you're surprised that we are having another episode of The Road to Paris on a, just a random Monday in September, uh, that is because the World Championship pools have just been released. The Volleyball World Beach Pro Tour did a drawing of the lots on Wednesday of last week. And so the World Championship field is finally set. There, is, there will be no changes to the field from here on out, no changes to the pools. What you see is exactly what you're going to get unless there is an injury. Last year, Triborn and Trevor Crab just made a trip to Rome on a whim. They're already in Europe, and they ended up getting pulled off the reserve list. They subbed in for the injured. David Amon and Jonathan Helvig ended up taking a ninth. So something like that could happen. But barring an injury, the World Championship field is set. Now, you guys have heard me talk about the World Championships ad nauseum on this show. Virtually every single Road to Paris has featured me reminding you guys that the race within the race is the race to World Championships. Now, here's why. One, the prize money, million-dollar purse. You love that. Two, the winning team will earn a berth into the Olympic Games for their federation. Now, that's a, a very important stipulation that I want to point out, is that you earn it for your federation. You don't punch your ticket to the Olympics if you win as a team. Now, there aren't many situations where if a team were to win, that they wouldn't qualify anyway. But the, the specific scenario I have in mind is if Betsy Flint and Julia Scholes continue this heater that they're on and they win world champs, well, that would just put them really right in the thick of the race even more than they already are with Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth and with Kelly Chang and Sarah Hughes. So the United States would be guaranteed that berth, even though we're pretty much guaranteed two berths anyway with how good our women are. So Betsy and Julia, if they were to win, they wouldn't be guaranteed a spot in the Olympics. It would still come down to points. So you earn it as a federation. I've never seen it happen where a team who won world championships did not actually go to the Olympics. But just so you guys know, if you win the world champs, you're not automatically in the Olympics. However, if you win world champs, now this is the main reason I've been talking about it so much during this Olympic race is because the points offered at world champs are unlike any other event in the season. You'll never see points like this. Let me break it down for you. So first place at world championships, you get 1600 points as a team. For reference's sake, to win a gold medal in an Elite 16, you get 1,200. All right, so you are getting a 400-point bump over a gold medal at an Elite 16. That is huge. All right, so the teams, that's why World Championships, it's such a fascinating event because if you have a lead and you do well at World Champs, you can either further cement your lead or you can basically, and here we go, this will be kind of a new section coming up, you can just sharpie yourself right into the Olympic race. So there are a lot of teams who can separate themselves, either cement their lead or pretty much sharpie themselves into the Olympic Games. Second place gets 1440. Third place, a bronze medal gets you 1280. Fourth gets you 1220. So if you just make the semifinals, that is better than winning a gold medal at an Elite 16. Down to fifth gets you 960. Ninth place gets you 800. 17th, pla 17th place gets you 640. Now, in my mind, a 17th place finish is, is the last usable finish you're going to have in the World Championships. Now, I've mentioned a number of times, for the men's side, I believe that the cut line is going to be an average of 600 points per event. 
Okay, so a 17th is going to be usable. It's going to be still be a disappointing finish because you wouldn't have maximized your opportunity at the World Championships, but you're still going to use that on your ledger. And then from here on out, after World Champs, which is October 6th through 15th in Tlaxcala, Mexico. So any Americans who want to make the trip, the atmosphere down there is unbelievable. The entry points into events, though, after World Champs are going to be super inflated, and you're going to see a lot of teams doing funny things, a lot of teams who did well are going to be protecting the world champs finish. And so the, the events through the remainder of the year and early into 2024, the fields are going to get really wonky teams strategically deciding how they use and protect that finish. Okay. So the world champs Toxicala, Mexico, October 6th through 15th. I'll be down there commentating in person, first live in person commentating I've ever done. I am stoked for it. So this Presents, as I mentioned, the biggest opportunity. Now, I'm going to walk through the women first. All right, I'm, I'm continuing to cover the women, even though one commentator on our YouTube section wants me to drop covering the women. I love watching the women. The biggest opportunity for points is a little lady named Alex Kleinman and Haley Harward. Yes, Alex is back. She just had a kid, little Theo, born on June 9th, and she is back. She's been out practicing on the beach for a couple weeks now. They are the... Uh, in the third seed in the qualifier for the Paris Elite 16, that's at the end of September, and then the very following week is World Championships. Alex and Haley got a wild card into the World Champs, so there are five American women in the World Championships. So for Alex and Haley, they have no room for error. This is the latest a team could possibly get together and still have an outside shot. And even though it's Alex, even though she's one of the best players of this generation, an Olympic gold medalist, a world championship finalist in 2019 with April Ross, it's still an outside shot because if they don't do well at world champs, I would say that that pretty much does shoot down their Olympic hopes because you don't just have to get in the top 17 for the American women. You have to be in the top five in the world. Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth are number three and Kelly Chang and Sarah Hughes are number four. Their average points per event is 853 so that's what you're looking for and so for Alex and Haley if they get any less than a fifth really that's going to be pretty tough for them to work their way up however if they were to medal if they were to win if they were to make the quarterfinals they are in a decent position the latest the last I've ever seen a team partner up and still make the Olympic Games was Phil Dollhauser and Nick Lucena and they did a really late partnering in 2015 yet by this point by October of 2015, they still had five finishes. This is going to be just the second for Alex and Haley. So if they make the main draw in Paris, if they do well in Toxicala, that is going to be huge for them. And this could it can make the American race just even that much more interesting, even more interesting than it already is. And so the biggest opportunity, number two, for the women is none other than Betsy Flint and Julia Skulls. As I mentioned, they are on an absolute heater right now. Had a, a wacky and wonderful and wonky silver medal in the Montreal Elite 16. Came out of the qualifier. Had that crazy comeback against Anna Patricia and Duda. Down 9-14 in the third. Come back to win 17-15. Remarkable. Then they do it again in Manhattan Beach. Lose their first round. Become the first 32 seed. Sorry about that. Become the first one seed to lose in the first round. And then come back and win it all. So Betsy Flint, she's been knocking on the door of the Manhattan Beach Open for so long. That's her third final she's made. Both other finals she made just going through the winner's bracket. This time she was like, I'll take the long road. I'll take nine matches. Granted, there's two forfeits in there. So good on them for taking advantage of getting a little bit lucky. Good on them for getting on the pier. And so Betsy Flint and Julia Scholes, they are currently 11th in the Olympic race, third of the American women. 
They are 1,640 points behind Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth, and they are 1,340 behind Kelly Chang and Sarah Hughes per event. They're at 593, so they're about 260 points behind per event to Kelly and Sarah and Kristen and Terrence. You can see how important this is for Betsy and Julia, where if they have a big finish, they bump up their their average per event, they bump up their entry points so they can start avoiding these Elite 16 qualifiers, and they're right back in the thick of it. So the biggest races in my mind, and, and granted, you know, I'm, I'm biased being an American, but the American women's race is such a fascinating one in Par or in uh Tlaxcala, Mexico, because one, we have five teams, four of them still have a shot. No word yet on Therese Cannon and Sarah Sponsel. I'm not going to press them on it. When they're ready to make an announcement, they'll make an announcement. So I have <laughs> a lot of you have questions for me with them. I got no answers. So they're still on the world championship entry list because they have rightfully earned their spot. They can still use it if they still want to go. And they're still high up in the Olympic race if they want to reinvigorate their partnership, whatever's going on there. So they do still have a shot at it. Now, the biggest opportunity, number three for the women, goes to Sarah Pavin and Molly McBain. Now, there's been a lot of social media. I don't want to call it uproar. That sounds a little bit exaggerated and sensationalistic. But there's a lot of social media just going on about the world championship bid that it went to Sarah Pavin and Molly McBain and not Sophie Bukovic and, Mar and Shanice Marcel. So if you remember earlier in this summer, Miles Partain and Andy Benish went down to a Norseka in Punta Cana. They get finished in the top four, punched their ticket to world champs. Sophie Bukovic and Shanice did the same exact thing. They went to that Norseka. They took a bronze medal. They punched their ticket to world champs with one stipulation. There is a rule in the FIVB handbook, rule 3D, that states that in order to compete in the world championships, you have to be ranked in the top 250 players in the world. Sophie is inside that mark. Shanice is not. At the moment, Shanice is ranked 276 in the world. She is 38 points shy of being in that top 250 mark. So what Canada is doing, as far as I understand it, they're just following the rules. If Sophie and Shanice were to play in world championships, they would have needed a wild card because Shanice fell outside of that top 250. Now, had Shanice won one round in the Edmonton Challenge qualifier, that would have bumped her into the top 250 and they would be competing, but she didn't have the points to get in. Now, extra bummer for Sophie and Shanice is that they did earn the bid for the Canadian Federation as a whole. Most federations would just send the team, but according to the rules, Shanice wasn't eligible to compete, so Canada took the bid earned by Sophie and Shanice and then handed it to their second-ranked team, which is Sarah Pavin and Molly McBain. Their number one team is obviously Melissa Humana Paredes and Brandi Wilkerson. And so this World Champs is such a big chance for Pavin and McBain. They've played five events. They have 1,980 points. They are number 40 in the Olympic ranks. That's an average of 396 per event. Molly has been really sharp. I've been really impressed with her game. She's coming along, and I think they're they're on the cusp for some kind of breakthrough. Now, will World Champs be that breakthrough? Who knows? But the opportunity is there for the taking for Sarah and Molly because if they can get into the top 17 in, at the end of this Olympic race, they can just qualify straight in. They don't have to go through the Norseka route. Now, if they don't qualify via points, then it's going to get really interesting because Sophie's now partnered with Heather Bansley, a two-time Olympian, a three-time defensive player of the year. 
And so that would be quite the battle between the American teams to try to go between the Canadian teams to try to go through the Continental Cup. So just try to uh, clear that Canadian women's spot up for everyone because it was a little bit confusing and i have never read a rule book in my life i've never read the settlers of Catan rule book much less the fivb handbook and so i had to dig into that one and that is as far as i understand it what happened with the canadian women's bid now before we get to the men as always we have our waiakea water break i opened it first this time so we didn't have the explosion that we did last time And I hope you guys are enjoying, by the way, my brand new Beach Volley Vikings merch. Appreciate Anders Mole, Hendrik Moore, Hendrik Mole, Matthias Bernstein, and the man himself, Christian Sorm. Always doing good things, always supporting the Vikings, and I always try to wear a shirt that's topical to the episode. And, well, Anders Mole and Christian Sorm, they're the defending world champs, so it just felt appropriate to wear some Beach Volley Vikings stuff on this world champs episode. Now, aside from Waikea, of course... We have our sunglasses sponsor, Gooder, making the sweetest shades on the beach for just 25 bucks. All of our discount codes, you get free shipping on any Gooder you order using the code SANDCAST. All right, they're 25 bucks. You can order like 100 of them. Well, not 100. That'd be a pretty steep price. Let's say you order four. They have awesome selections, a lot of different types of sunglasses. I'm going to get a new shipment in because I need my ginger sole back from the ocean in Alaska, which I lost, as you guys have heard. Now... On to the men. The biggest chance in my mind for the men is for Andy Benish and Miles Partain to sharpie themselves into this Olympic race. A lot of the fans already are considering it a, a two-horse race for the second American spot. They're already just putting Miles Partain and Andy Benish as the number one American team. And, and fair enough. You know, they, they have looked, they're by far the best team in the country right now. They're two for two on AVPs. They've won three medals on the Beach Pro Tour. They won a gold in Stad. They won a bronze in Ostrava. They won a silver in Montreal. Like their worst finish was a fifth in Hamburg. It's crazy what they are doing right now. And so if you're already considering a race for second, I can't really argue with that. But this is the opportunity for them to really punch that ticket. If they're going to get the 1,600 points for winning a world championship, then it, then it, it truly is a, a race for second between Triborn and Came Shock and Trevor Crab and Theo Bruner. Now, the biggest chances to, to me, just like it was for the American women, uh, I'm biased, I'm American. The American men, that this is where the medal can hit the proverbial road, right? Because Triborn and Came Shock, they have been struggling. I've been called to put them on the struggle bus over and over and over again as I've been recording these episodes. And if they have a poor finish in World Champs and Trevor and Theo have a good one, then they will be the struggle bus would have picked them up. They've been waiting at the struggle bus stop for a while. They need a good finish. Now, unfortunately for them is that they are in what I call the pool of death. They are in a pool with Germans Clemens Wickler and Nils Ellers, who are playing awesome volleyball this season. They are in a pool with Piotr Cantor and Jakob Zybeck, my boys. They're my dark horse pick when they partnered up, and they have been playing fantastic, worked their way into the world champs, and now they can climb the Olympic race. And the third and final team in their pool is Chile's youngsters, No Arvenia and Vicente Droguet. Now, granted, you might be thinking, Chile's twos, really? That's the pool of death? They've had a tough year. They only have one main draw to their name this year, but... They've proven that they can play awfully well in Tlaxcala, Mexico. They made the finals here at a challenge a year ago, last March. And they've proven that they contend with most any team in the world. Granted, there's a couple teams at the top level that I'm just not ever going to pick Chile's youngsters to beat. But can they beat 
try and came? Yes. Can they beat Poland? Yes. Can they beat Germany? Yes. So that pool is going to be a bit messy because really the, the only team that's established themselves as truly elite above the others in that pool is Vickler and Ellers. And so the top three teams, I should have covered this at the beginning. The, the format for this, is you have 12 pools of four. The top two teams are, are out. They're safe. And then the third place teams, the top four of those 12 third place teams will be through into the round of 32. The bottom eight third place teams in pool will be playing one another in a lucky loser round that will get it that those pigtail lucky losers will then make it a 32 team single elimination from there on out. So if you are in third, technically you do break pool, but you could be finding yourself in a lucky loser situation. And there's just so many good teams out there that you want to come out first or second, no question. And that pool, it's just a mess because I'm just predicting Vickler and Ellers to come out first. And then it's a race for second and third in that pool, which is very difficult. Now, Trevor and Theo uh, don't have an easy pool either. However, they're Last place team, the worst team in their pool is my buddies from Gambia, and they're really athletic and really good, but I, I don't see them being much of a problem for Trevor and Theo, for George and Andre, or for Ukraine, Sergey Popov, most underrated player in the world, mark it down, and Edward Resnick. So Trevor and Theo, I think, will have no problem breaking pool. They might have an issue getting into that second spot because George and Andre are elite. They're playing fantastic. George is starting to jump set. He's starting to option. Ukraine is playing great. They won a bronze medal at the European Championships. So might come out third, might come out second, but either way, they are breaking pool. They'll give themselves a chance in elimination. Miles and Andy, meanwhile, also have a pretty tough pool. They have Francis, Arno Gautier, and Yusuf Crew. This is a huge, huge tournament for them. And Hendrik Moll and Matthias Bernstein, also a huge tournament for them as they are trying to break into that top 17 in the Olympic race. The last team, honestly, the pool sheet just said the flag next to it just has FIVB. I have no idea who that fourth team is in Andy and Miles's pool. And so I'm, I'm just assuming that they won't be much of an issue for any of the three aforementioned teams. So Miles and Andy will have no problem breaking pool. Should should have no problem breaking. Knocking on wood for you boys. Trev and Theo should have no problem breaking pool. Knocking on wood for you. And Try and Kane will be in a, a bit of a dogfight to break pool. Uh, the second biggest opportunity for the men, uh, I think, goes to the, the Brazilian men. Uh, Pedro and Guto and Vitor Felipe and Renato Lima in particular, because George and Andre, they are way up in the Olympic ranks. They are number two in the world, I believe. Going to have to fact check myself on that one. I'll, I'll put a graphic on the screen for you guys. That'll be the real uh, the real answer. But they're, they're top five. Evandro and Arthur are also top five in the world. Meanwhile, Pedro and Guto, they don't have as many finishes. They're number 24 in the Olympic ranks. But the big thing for Pedro and Guto is that their entry points have dropped to number 18 in the world, which means that at the moment they're in qualifiers for Elite 16s. Meanwhile, George and Andre are straight into the main draw, and Evandro and Arthur are also straight into the main draw. And so Pedro and Guto, if they don't have a good finish, if they keep burying themselves deeper and deeper in qualifiers, that's when the snowball can start to roll in the wrong direction. So it's a big chance for them. It's also a big chance for Vitor Philippe and Hanato Lima because they have dropped all the way. I believe they're seated number 14 in the qualifier for the Paris Elite 16 at the moment. Now, it's always subject to change as teams drop out and such. And so if they don't have a good finish, their entry points are also going to drop, and they're just going to be limited to playing challengers. 
and that's just a, a tough road to be in. Now, Hanato and Vitor, they have proven that they can play exceptional on the biggest stages. They took a silver medal in Rome for the World Championships last year. That really put them on the map. They've proven it was no fluke. They, they've had several podiums this year. So it's a huge chance for them. And just like for the American men, it's a huge opportunity for George and Andre and Evandro and Arthur to really separate themselves from the rest of that Brazilian pack behind them. Now, there are so many teams in the middle really the the biggest opportunity that this is in the world championships is for those teams in the middle so sort of in the middle of the peloton as i like to say to push themselves up into the top of the olympic ranks and the and those at the bottom who are trying to get into the middle and get into contention into contention guys like sam schachter and dan deering from canada enrico rossi and daniele lupo have had a tough year cantor zybeck all those guys are in the middle this is a great chance for them to to push their way up and in the show notes i will just have a list of teams for all of you guys to take a look at and to follow it's always way more fun when you have teams from like finland you know nina atienen and Tarulati. this is a big chance for them as an example all the french teams hendrik and matthias they all those teams in the middle this is world champs is biggest for them the guys at the top, like Anders Moll, Christian Sorum, Sweden, who I did, I predicted Sweden to win the world championships earlier this year, sticking by it, especially after their gold medal in Hamburg. So we'll see. But all those guys, they're pretty much assured in my mind of an Olympic spot. The teams that this is the biggest chance for, the middle and the sort of lower end of the in contention. And then the. The other big one is Australia and the Netherlands. Their team's kind of all in the middle. Tom Hodges and Zach Schubert, Chris McHugh and Paul Burnett, and Mark Nicolaitis and Isaac Carricker for Australia. All of them in a pretty similar position. Carricker and Nicolaitis a little bit further down than the other two. But again, world champs, this is where you can vault your way up. Now that is it for this little bonus episode of the World Championships. Uh, Any questions you guys have about world champs, if you want to buy tickets, please let me know. Just comment. If you guys like this stuff, I mean, the popularity of these uh, episodes is going up and up and up. So please like, share, subscribe, do all of the things. I love doing this stuff. And it seems that we have a, a willing audience because I, the reason, the only reason that I did this today was because I put a poll on Instagram and said, you know what, pools are out for world champs. Do you guys want a, an extra road to Paris? And I told Delaney that if we had more than a hundred yeses uh, within a couple hours, then we would do it. We had a hundred yeses to four no's within a couple hours. So one of the no's was my trainer, Nathan Michaels, who probably just wants me to sleep. But listen, producer number one is hardly sleeping, and that's because producer number two is hardly sleeping. However, as he did last week, he has woken up for our sign-off on the road to Paris. Thank you, producer one, the beautiful Delaney. So until the Paris Elite 16 at the end of September, what do we say, little Austin? Shoot.